We now continue with learning objective 21.4, and we're going to determine the tax consequences of proportionate liquidating distributions. I should add, these are among the most complicated rules in the entire course. So before we get into the details, let's review the broad principles governing the taxation of proportionate liquidating distributions. The tax issues in liquidating distributions are primarily twofold. One, we're going to determine whether the liquidating partner has a gain or loss, and we're then going to allocate the liquidating partner's basis in her partnership interest to the distributed assets. A partner recognizes a gain only when the partnership distributes more money than the basis in the partnership interest. Now, a partner recognizes a loss only when the partnership distributes cash and hot assets and the partner's basis in the partnership interest is greater than the sum of the bases of the distributed assets. In all other cases, a partner does not recognize gains or losses from a liquidating distribution. Rather, the partner will simply reallocate the basis in the partnership interest to the distributed assets. The key to the allocation process is to focus on two factors. First, the type of property being distributed, and two, whether the total basis in the distributed assets is larger or smaller than the partner's basis in the partnership interest. The character of the distributed assets usually stays the same to the partner in the partnership. So I want you now to take a deep breath. We're going to examine the five and only five scenarios for determining basis in distributed property. And there's an excellent chart in the textbook at Exhibit 21-1. Let's review the five scenarios. As you examine uh, Exhibit 21-1, I want you to take a note of three things. First, note the nature of the property distributed. Money only, money and hot assets, or other property included in, in the distribution. And the next two things I'd like you to note is the comparison between the partner's outside basis and the inside basis of the distributed assets. Uh, in the middle column, you'll see that the partner's outside basis is greater than the inside basis of the distributed assets. And scenarios one and two cover the three types of property distributions. The third column shows us the consequences of the partnership's outside basis being less than the inside basis of the distributed assets. And there we have three additional scenarios, three, four, and five. So let's now go through examples of all five, and then I think these rules will make much more sense to you. Scenario one, the partner's outside basis is greater than the inside basis of distributed assets and we have distributions of money, inventory, and or unrealized receivables. So we take the case of Greg. Greg has an outside basis of 334,000, including his share of liabilities, 66,000. He's received in a liquidating distribution cash of 159,000 and inventory with a fair market value and basis of 49,000. And we want to know whether Greg is going to recognize a gain or loss. And this is based on example 2116 in the text. And our answer is, of course, 
Yes. Uh, to prevent the conversion of a capital loss to an ordinary loss, Greg has to recognize a $60,000 capital loss. If the inventory distributed to Greg is also considered inventory in his hands, the eventual sale of the inventory is going to generate, of course, ordinary income. However, if the inventory were to be a capital asset to Greg, then a sale of the asset within five years of the distribution will generate ordinary income. But after five years, the gain or the loss would be capital gain or capital loss. Let's now examine scenario two, where again, the outside basis is greater than the inside basis, but other property has been included in the distribution. Here, the partner is going to have to allocate the entire outside basis to the distributed assets, and the partner may increase the bases of any other property, but not hot assets, and doesn't recognize any gain or loss. Now, there's a procedure on how to do this. In step one, we're going to assign the outside basis to the distributed assets in an amount equal to the assets inside basis. At step two, we're going to allocate the required decrease to assets with any unrealized appreciation. Step three. At step three, we're going to allocate any remaining required decrease to the distributed assets in proportion to their relative fair market values using a formula of the basis allocation equaling the required basis times a fraction of fair market value divided by the sum of fair market value of all assets distributed. So again, to review the bidding, in our first two scenarios, we've talked about a partner's outside basis being greater than the inside basis of distributed assets. Now for the final three scenarios, scenarios three, four, and five, we're going to examine what happens when the partner's outside basis is less than the inside basis of the distributed assets. Now in scenario three, there are distributions of only money. Here, the tax consequences will be the same as operating distributions of only money. It's that simple. Now, scenario four. Scenario four, we have a distributions of money, inventory, and or unrealized receivables. Here, the partner reduces the basis in the distributed assets other than money, but does not recognize any gain or loss. And we've got a three-step process. Step one, we assign the outside basis to distributed assets in an amount equaling the inside basis of the assets. Step two, we're allocating the required decrease to assets with unrealized depreciation. And the third and final step is to allocate any remaining required decrease to the distributed assets in proportion to their adjusted basis, using again the formula of the basis allocation equaling the required decrease times a fraction, which represents a numerator of adjusted basis versus the sum of all adjusted basis. Now, what about scenario five, where we've got other property included in the distributions? Here, the terminating partner does not recognize gain or loss, but rather decreases the basis in the property distributed. And this procedure is similar to the procedure under scenario four, except the required decrease reduces the basis in other property rather than the hot asset. 
Now let's examine the character and the holding period of the distributed assets. Generally, the character stays the same to the partner as it was in the hands of the partnership. Inventory retains the taint of ordinary income for five years after distribution. And the partner's holding period, of course, includes the holding period of the partnership in the assets that had been distributed from the partnership to the partner. Let's put together these principles with problem 45, which is mercifully straightforward. Rufus is a one-quarter partner in the Adventure Partnership. And on January 1st of the current year, the partnership distributes $13,000 in cash to Rufus in complete liquidation of his interest. Now, Adventure has only capital assets and no liabilities at the date of distribution. And we know Rufus's basis in the partnership interest is $18,500. So we have questions A, B, and C. A asks, what's the amount in the character of any recognized gain or loss to Rufus? B asks, what is the amount in the character of the partnership's adventures gain or loss? And C asks, if Rufus's basis were 10000 at the distribution date, rather than the previous 18500 what then would be the amount in the character of Rufus's recognized gain or loss? Well, regarding A, Rufus recognizes a capital loss on the distribution of 5500 and this represents the difference between his basis in the partnership, 18500 and the cash he's actually received, 13000 Now, he must recognize this as a loss because he's receiving only cash in the distribution, and the cash is less than his basis in the partnership interest. Regarding the tax consequences to the partnership adventure, adventure does not recognize any gain or loss on the distribution. And then finally, regarding C, if Rufus's outside basis is 10000 prior to distribution, then he has to recognize a capital gain of 3000 determined as follows. He received a cash distribution of 13000 We're told the basis in his partnership interest in adventure is 10000 So the difference is 3000 See, it wasn't that complicated. This concludes Learning Objective 21-4.